Welcome to Hope Renewed, the podcast of PIR Ministries. Thanks for connecting to Hope Renewed, the in-depth podcast about pastoral renewal and restoration. I'm Tom Jameson, and along with co-host Sean Nemechek, we explore the issues and challenges pastors face and help cultivate a renewed hope for healthy ministry lives. In the next two episodes of Hope Renewed, we're taking time to look at the core process of PIR Ministries, which is the Pastor in Residence Program. And at the heart of this program is creating a safe environment for pastors and families to work through the loss associated with an exit from ministry. It's all about renewing hope and finding healing. And today we're excited to be talking with Caleb Smith about what it's like to serve these pastors and their spouses and families. Uh, along with being a pastor's kid, which, by the way, is where I first met Caleb 22 years ago. <laughs> Caleb has been in vocational ministry for over 20 years. He served in small-town ministry, multi-site churches, and church planting. His passion is helping people clarify their strengths and living into them. And currently, he and his family live in Rochester, Minnesota, where he serves as executive pastor of strategy and culture at Autumn Ridge Church. Caleb Smith, welcome to Hope Renewed. Thanks. Really excited to be here with you guys. Appreciate the invitation. Okay, well, we're talking with you today specifically about your experience with the PIR process. And before we jump into that, we felt it would be helpful to offer our listeners kind of a primer on the process and some of the terms we use. So, Sean, why don't you do that for us? Yeah. So when when we have a pastor who calls us uh, because he's facing a forced exit. Um, we have a process called the PIR process. Um, this uh, pastor becomes a pastor in residence at a church that we have trained to be a refuge church. Uh, so the pastor will be called the PIR for short, pastor in residence. Uh, the refuge church is the location where this healing process will take place. Uh, and within that refuge church, we create a small group of people that we train uh, to be a support team to the pastor and his family. That support team will walk with the PIR and family uh, for a period of six to 12 months to help them heal. Uh, and the larger church will also be involved in just making sure that they're cared for. Uh, we call this the pastor in residence program because the pastor usually does some work at the church so that during this time of healing, they have something uh, that they can put on their resume uh, as continuing their work in ministry. Uh, so this is really the core process that formed PIR, and out of that we've grown into doing a lot of things in pastoral health, but uh, today we want to talk about the PIR process, refuge churches, and support teams. Great. So Caleb, you were part of the PIR process from the refuge church side of things. Um, describe that process that, that you engaged in and the role that you played on the support team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, my, my wife and I, we, we uh, engaged in, in helping to kind of lead the team as we were uh, receiving 
uh, a PIR uh, and and spouse. Um, we we definitely uh, were really really uh, encouraged as we stepped into what the training was going to be like for that. Um, it it for us started with a, a bit of a personal relationship into uh, with uh, another one of your colleagues, Jason Eddy, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, through that um, we really appreciated the training and and the remembering of how to engage. Uh, with uh, the PIR uh, uh, as as they came on board, um, we we had the advantage, I think, of of uh, our, our PIR at our refuge church was was local, and so uh, there wasn't someone who was uh, moving from another state uh, or another city. Uh, they were close enough to where they could kind of keep some roots where they were, uh, while also uh, being able to get care, uh, uh, both emotionally and spiritually, in that way. Um, uh, and and as one. Who, who has been through uh, my own church hurt and healing uh, in the past, mm-hmm. um, uh, just really found the, the approach of the communal aspect and the multiple voices of speaking into the lives of the PIR um, and into the process uh, with, with these folks uh, was, was really helpful. Um, what, I, what I really loved in the process was being able to give the PIR an, an intentional step of, of ministry. It wasn't a it wasn't a a removal or a hey we need to keep you really back in the corner and away from everything mm-hmm. while you're healing mm-hmm. we uh, uh, the the encouragement to intentionally engage them uh, in in leadership and in serving uh, and so as we walked through those uh, that that ten month eleven month process uh, that that we had set up with our PIR, um, I really found that to be beneficial for them. It helped them to feel like uh, they were still valued as human beings, and and mm-hmm. as image bearers, they were not just being tossed to the side in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and so um, we were really encouraged just by how all of that process uh, looked and 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 felt. Um, and, uh, and, and are really, really excited for, for even the future of, of, as the church that I'm at now, uh, is not a refuge church, but in the interest of, of the future for us is wanting to be a place where it can be a place of healing, uh, not just for people who are coming out of their own things in their own lives where they've never been in, in intentional ministry, but -hmm. especially for those who have been in vocational ministry, we want to be a safe place. The body Mm -hmm. of Christ should be that for those folks. And uh, we found it to be a a really helpful piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And that that's really what the the PIR process wants to uh, capitalize on may not be the best word, but leverage this, this sense that the, you know, the Lord's created the church to be a place of grace, to be a place of healing Right. Uh, and that's not always the case. Uh, and so those of us who've been in ministry understand that that uh, the very place of grace can also be a place of great hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in God's economy of things, having that uh, available. And, and I, I so appreciate that that you're uh, keying in on that term process, uh, because we might call this a program, but it really isn't a, a program. Uh, it's not something we do to someone, uh, but it's much more relational, isn't it, uh, yes. as, as you walk through that? Describe what that's like to, to be in a relationship with a pastor who's been hurt, who's been exited, and is looking for that hope and healing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, uh, and, and it is really intentional <laughs> on my part to talk about it as a process. Uh, uh, and again, coming out of coming out of my own personal experience and also being in relationship and conversation with, with other folks who've had their own church hurt and, 
and uh, and and being in positions of leadership at at different churches where where you have folks who who have have church hurt and they've just never talked about it and they're still on a church staff but they're still just trying to figure it out on their own um it is an absolute process if we if we really want to lean into uh a sanctification uh and living mm-hmm. out uh li- living it out on a daily basis uh it, it is it is a process um so the process as it looked for us was uh, uh, of, of meeting with the uh, PIR and spouse on, uh, uh, on a regular basis. We had a regular rhythm of doing that. Um, because of the, of the physical distance, there was a little bit of a drive involved between, uh, between homes and being able to really meet with them. Um, uh, it was uh, about, about once every two or three weeks, uh, depending on schedules, but having that regular rhythm seeing them every single Sunday as they were worshiping and serving in the church and, and beginning to lead in certain places as we move through the process. Um, but all of those were the continued diving into the relationship side of things. And, and a lot of that early on is when, when you engage with folks in this is they're coming out. It doesn't really doesn't matter what hurt they're coming out of. They're having to rebuild their trust almost immediately in the moment. And so there's a lot of us just saying, hey, we are just here to be in relationship with you. Let's just hang out, get to know each other, and then let's see where the mm. Lord may take this as we engage in that. Um, so there were a number of times where it was just meals. Um, but I would say one of the things that we really tried to intentionally do was do it in on their turf. So doing it in their home, making it really specific that we wanted to be in their safe place where they felt the most comfortable um, and, and being able to, to, to then just engage in the conversation um, in that space. The, the, one of the interesting things was that we, we definitely had moments, uh, and this was before uh, COVID lockdown really like hit the moment, but we would do some of them over Zoom. Like we'd be like, hey, it's we have different things. Somebody's got a schedule. We're going to be late. Let's just do it over Zoom. And then we don't have to be as stressed about that. So even mm-hmm. in the space of the virtual part of this, um, we were able to have kind of those more regular check-ins. I still a- absolutely believe that the intentional personal connection is necessary within it. So I, I don't yeah. think this can be as effectively uh, uh uh, done through a totally virtual environment. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, being able to be flexible within the process for them just allows for that rhythm to continue. Cause a lot of times as they're coming out of it, they don't know who to talk to. They've lost so many relationships and connections with folks. And so us, us being able to just immediately intentionally be a human connection with, with them is a huge part of that process. One of the things for my wife is remembering that the spouse is as important in this as yes. the pastor himself or herself may be in it. Yeah. And, uh, and so um, uh, being able to give the spouse that immediate human connection, because so many times they're just on not only the receiving end of whatever has happened in the church, but they also then are, are actually kind of caring for their spouse who's on mm-hmm. staff and they're going through it. And then they don't have time to really get cared for a process through it. So then it's a, it's a whole nother level of, of, of engagement and really being able to, to be a listening ear and ask good questions and be prayer partners. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. As, as you came into this, what, what kind of hopes did you have? I, you know, if you can think back as you're anticipating walking into this uh, process, this relationship, what kind of hopes were there for you, for the team? 
Yeah, for us in the team, you know, I, there's a, I think no matter no matter how we step into something that's new and we've never done before, uh, mm-hmm. we 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 get we get kind of high hopes as well. Like, <laughs> I think uh, I I absolutely had the high hopes that this was going to be so amazing for these folks, and and uh, and and they were going to be like you all were the un, absolute best that you've ever experienced. <laughs> and then, like it was going to be like this flood of we were going to be this big refuge church and it was going to happen. And it's not that that's that that can't happen or that, that mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that it still is not not possible for for that church to continue to be a refuge church. But but it takes it takes so much energy and time that mm. um, that you 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 do need to know, you do need to be committed to this because it's mm. it it's, it's less about how much energy and time it takes out of us, but it, it really is about the time and energy that we can give to the people. It would be, it would have been unbelievably unhealthy for us to have taken these folks on and maybe to have taken more than one couple the first time, and then to have spread ourselves too thin to where we can't give the time and care that's needed for them. Um, mm-hmm. They would have lost out on that. They would have felt the, 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 the negative side of that. And so, um, the, I, I would say that we, we definitely had the high hopes in that, uh, of just how amazing we were going to be in it. Um, but <laughs> I think the, the reality hope that, that was absolutely present was being able to, 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 to just be that easy landing place, just, mm. just within that transition season. Um, and, and not looking to be, uh, not looking to be a place where, where our ultimate goal is not to is not to be the place where this this couple would now always be calling us for advice on things as they mm-hmm. move on into whatever's next. Mm-hmm. Like we're there as a as really a transition piece and a healing place, and we want them to be able to launch out on their own two feet and to be able to establish new relationships and new ministry areas and being able to step forward into what God would have for them in their next season, um, next season of, of ministry and, and life. Um, um, I, I think also it's the, the, you, you, you walk into it with the hope that there's going to be also definitive answers and, and this like um, immense amount of clarity that happens, especially for the PIR, but depending on the hurt that they have, sometimes that's not possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and, 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 I, and I think that really is, is true when you talk about folks who've been hurt because maybe they were just told, hey, we know we've, you've been on staff here and there's been a relationship, but we, we're, you just don't fit here anymore. And then they just kind of get tossed to the curb. Like that happens, unfortunately, so many times for folks. And there's no real clear answer as to what happened. You know, we begin to feel like what was wrong with me or, or what is it that I don't have that they were looking for? Um, and, and there's no, there's no clarity in that. And so even in the times where I had hoped, man, maybe we'll really get to get to the bottom line of what was it. And we can help them be able to process through that. Sometimes there's just no answer in that. And sometimes we just have to, we just have to step back and say, you know what, there may not be a clear answer. And as much as the PIR has got to be patient in that reality, we, as the, as, as the team, uh, the support team have to be okay with that reality too. Uh, and so sometimes we had to pump the brakes on how we were engaging with them or how we were trying to get them to come up with an answer and have to say, no, 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 it's not about that answer of what it was. It's about them and how they're simply reflecting on and processing through 
what happened and how God is looking to use that for his glory as they step forward in discipleship. Yeah. So this, this team uh, really requires people to be safe, uh, to be present with uh, the pastor and spouse. Um, I'm just curious, um, what was it like forming the team? How did you pick the people? Uh, and then what, what was your experience like as a team? What are some things that you learned along the way? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, our our support team had uh, had two other couples that were a part of it, um, and both of those couples had experienced church hurt in their past. Uh, and and really, uh, just one of those couples, we didn't even know that they had had that. And uh, uh, and so that was just a blessing, I think, of the Lord of of being able to have folks who who could just understand a little better um, about this space. Um, one of the couples we did know have that. And so that's why we intentionally engaged with them in that. Um, uh, and, but for us as a support team, um, it, it required us to lean on each other a lot as well, where um, we, we would meet regularly. Well, I say regularly about, about once, once every six to eight weeks, we would kind of have our own little, uh, whether we would get together for coffee or whether it was our own little Zoom meeting of just checking in, of saying, hey, what are we seeing? How's everybody reflecting through this? How can we continue to support these folks in the best way possible? Mm-hmm. Um, and and trying, to, trying to learn, learn in that space about, about how everybody was engaging in it. Um, uh, but these, these, uh, the, the other couples as well were, were, were encouraged by, by how, I mean, it, it helped them to still even process some of the things that maybe were still left out there from their own past. They were able to take some of these things and really be able to, to, to think through them and pray through them. Um, uh, but I know for, for the PIR couple, it was, it uh, they, I believe that they would, uh, they, they told us, and, and I think they would still say one of the biggest pluses was just knowing that there were people in the group who had some knowledge of what they had gone through, the feelings, the emotions, um, the realities of relationships. And it just helped them to think, okay, we're not, we're not alone. We're not the only ones who've ever experienced this. And, uh, these folks, can listen and and be able to understand some of that insider language of what is it to experience church hurt. Um, uh, and, and again, whether that church hurt is from our own undoing or whether it is put on us because of how the church responds to something, um, uh, you know, we, we each have our own engagement in that. And so then just knowing, hey, they've got, they're, they're coming in here with a little bit of, of grounding and knowledge in that. But I think even in the training, what was really helpful was, was to know, hey, if, and, and even if nobody here has experienced church hurt, here are the ways in which you can still have not just sympathy, but empathy for what's happening in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that, it's that empathy piece that, that has to be uh, highlighted as, as this engagement happens. Uh, Sean, I hope that answers the question. I, I kind of got yeah, lost. Oh, there that's that, that's excellent. I, I think you think you're right that, that the experience of church hurt is invaluable in this process. But even if they don't have that, these people need to have at least a healthy empathy uh, for others to be able to create that safe space. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's excellent. So where did you see God at work and, and uh, not just in the process, but in the PIR as well? Yeah. So in, uh, first for the PIR, um, 
this uh, this gentleman was was really loved and and able to gain a lot out of uh, the assessment side of things that happens through this. Um, uh, believe uh, if I remember correctly, uh, it's the pro D assessment that's used mm-hmm. in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I had uh, I had the 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 privilege of being able to to take it on my own and have my own assessment done, so I would understand and know how the PIR was experiencing it. Um, but but I know that he he really really gleaned a lot from that of just being able to highlight. And, and be affirmed in what are the skills and abilities that God has given you? Where is it that you do shine? Where is it that your strengths really do lie? Um, and, and when that process, that happened, to, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I would say that that process kind of happened about four or five months into our conversations with them, official kind of, uh, uh, of our 10 months. Um, and, and he really was able to turn a corner around that time of being able to highlight, okay, if this is what I've really been skilled and gifted to do, and if this is what my passions are and how God has used these things in my past and how he's using these things currently, what might that mean for how he's looking to continue to use me uh, into the future? Um, and, and it opened up, uh, it just really opened up a whole new, a whole new door for him in that. Um, one of the other ways uh, that, that, that God worked for sure is, is, is honestly within the marriage uh, of the PIR couple. Mm. Um, uh, there, it wasn't, uh, th- this was not a situation where there was a, a ton of, uh, of distrust or questioning of, 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 uh, of each other. Um, but, but just the support and encouragement that they were then able to healthily, uh, step into together, um, because they now both were feeling healthy and encouraged by others. They, they weren't just having to be that for each other. Now they were having other people around them to be the support for them so that they could just be with each other and both experience, the uh, the emotional side of things and the spiritual side of things together, uh, you know, instead of instead of one hurting and the other having to be that support for them and then just going yo-yoing back and forth, they were just being able to be in it together. Um, and we really saw God work uh, uh, in, in some really cool ways and in, in how how their marriage deepened and, and grew through the process. Um, for us as a support team, uh, God worked for sure in just growing us together as a support team and helping us to 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 rely on each other and and uh, and then become really just prayer partners and prayer support people for each other. Um, allowed for us to to even just learn more uh, about each other in ways that we that we didn't imagine <laughs> uh, in the process. Uh, you know, as, as you're as you're engaged in this process as a support team, you're still telling your own stories and you're hearing other people's own stories, mm-hmm. and so lots. Lots of lots of of the deepening of the family of God and the body of Christ happens in the midst of that. Um, uh, some great times of of uh, there's still great laughter. Like it's not like it's not like every time you get together in this process or every time you get together, it's like this really heavy thing. And there's always mm-hmm. these tears involved and all, and all of that. Mm-hmm. There is so much laughter, and and hopefully, uh, if you were to step into this process, there'd be lots of good food. Like make food and laughter <laughs> and digital piece of this. Uh, um, but uh, but it it really was uh, enjoyable, um, and, and it's and it's a lot of that uh, uh, a lot of that reality of how how God works in our own lives, where he he uh, allows for things to happen sometimes out of our own choosing that really challenge us and put us in places where where we are, we question a lot of things. 
Uh, doesn't mean that we're questioning our faith or 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 having this deconstruction moment or anything, but we're we're just questioning life and questioning how he's working and wondering about why he's doing the things that he's doing or allowing these things. Um, but and but on the other end of that, we we come out and we have these encouraging, really life giving times that happen on the other side, and and that really uh, marked how we experienced this process too. The last mm. the last half year of this was just. It was more, so much more energizing uh, of, so what is next? How can we talk about where you're going and how God's moving? Mm. And, and as you've been, as you've been learning, what is it that God's really teaching and, and challenging you with? And then, and then for even my wife and I, I mean, that opened up whole new doors of conversations for us. We'd go home, we'd be like, all right, well, we just talked with them about what their dreams are. What are our dreams? What is it that we love? What is it that we're excited about? Uh, so, you got to be careful with these conversations because they'll yeah bubble you up. You do. It's the downside of like, sure, I'll be a small group leader in my church. Oh, yeah, I have to talk about Jesus. And yeah, I should do that in my own house with my own spouse and my own kids, right? It's like, Absolutely, yeah. You know, God's wanting us to do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, you know, you mentioned small groups, and it just seems that this this kind of context can allow for really what we want to see in the whole church, isn't it? That, you know, we're talking about a safe place where you can come and be authentic about the pain you're experiencing receive the the grace of of Christ through others around you not not in trying to fix you or solve your problems but simply to be with you as you process through that to experience the joy of the new thing that that God has uh absolutely it's, it's exciting Ab- yeah absolutely tom i i uh in in my uh you know 20 plus years you, you guys you, you guys definitely have more than that on me uh oh thanks yeah. but, uh, but within uh, uh within the vocational ministry experience i've got and and the the eight different churches and different cultures and different contexts that i've served and 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 then a couple of, a couple of, of situations of being able to to go around the country and 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 visit with a variety of churches in, in different places I unfortunately have a jaded view of the church when it comes to uh, when it comes to the the so few churches that are actually desiring to be places of emotional and spiritual healing for folks. Mm. I think we talk about it a lot and we say that we desire it. And then when the moment hits and God's like, okay, you desire it, here's your moment, your opportunity to help. We then get scared and we operate out of fear of like, well, now I don't know what to do and I don't know how to help this person heal. And, mm. and you know, all of the excuses that come up in that, and, and it really is the fear that enters in where, it, where probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned, because I always felt like going into ministry and, and this happened when I was in my, my, some of my master's degree programs. Um, I, I didn't start master's degree until I was five years into vocational ministry. Uh, and, and it was, I really, what I really loved was I, I didn't feel like I really knew how to sit by the bedside of someone who was in physical pain. And then, you know, the emotional and spiritual pain that also enters into that space as well sometimes. But I just was like, I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to handle those moments. And it just makes me super nervous. And I feel fearful that I, I can't fix anything. I was, I'm a big fixer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the biggest thing I learned was just be, just be with them, just be a presence with them, just pray with them, just just allow them the space to be able to just talk, listen to what they have to say ask, just ask natural follow-up questions that just allow for them to, to enter into that. And, and I really think that if the church 
universal would just get more comfortable in just being with people who are hurting. We would become, we would have so many more churches there. There may not have to be things like official PIR because right. the <laughs> Amen. doing it, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. we want is we just want the church to do it. Um, and uh, uh, I so desire for churches to be that, especially, especially for pastors. Churches get fearful of pastors who come in with hurt because just because of all of the what ifs of what is it that they've come through? What is it that they've gone through? And how can we really be a support for them? And what does it look like for us to raise them back up in ministry? Um, and, and I really think there are great examples from scripture of how we can do that. We just need to lean into the trust of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit and how, how God works in those moments. And, uh, and, and we can continue to be great healing places. Amen. Amen. So as uh, you went through the process, it, and uh, again, it's that was in a, a different congregational setting than you find yourself now, um, yes. because God worked in your heart to right. <laughs> the next thing. I don't know. Maybe it was the maybe it was my protein assessment. <laughs> but um, was was there impact in that local congregation uh, because of the PIR uh, experience, and what did that look like? Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of that came from us uh, uh, really intentionally providing that 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 leadership space for for the PIR. Um, uh, what I what I loved in the training uh, from PIR was uh, uh, from you all as an organization <laughs> in our in our in our in our pre-process training was give them legitimate uh, leadership like don't, don't just shove them off in the corner. Don't just have them push papers around. Like this is not like a glorified admin that's coming in here. I loved that intentionality that was a part of that. And so we stepped right into that, leaned right into that and, and had, had this couple, um, after, you know, given them a few months to kind of get their feet settled, kind of step in, become comfortable, even become comfortable with us as a support team. And then stepping into uh, uh, having them uh, uh, lead a lot of uh, some guest services areas for us, uh, mm -hmm. building up some guest services teams, um, even building up uh, some global missions uh, initiatives. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at that time, we, we were in a, a, a church plant. Um, when we when we started this process, uh, it was uh, maybe 12 to 15 months into the church being open. Wow. Um, but uh, and so we had folks who were who had been serving in those areas, uh, but we again intentionally wanted this this couple to have to, to continue to have uh, have have uh, worth uh, feelings. Uh, we wanted them to feel like they were valued, uh, not just tossed off. Um, and so uh, the church experienced directly uh, the influence and leadership from this couple. Um, uh, so many connections were made. Uh, the, this couple is, is the, the, the wife of, uh, in this couple is just phenomenal at literally connecting people. Like somebody walks in, she starts talking to them within two minutes. She knows exactly who that person needs to go talk to, to like be like best friends for life. <laughs> so She's connecting people all over the place, um, uh, and 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 the 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 husband uh, who who was the pastor, um, uh, official pastor and resident, um, uh, his his passion for global missions, um, those those and those initiatives that he began then they are still felt in that church today. That church is now now coming up on its uh, gosh 
I guess they'd be coming up on their their fourth year anniversary. Um, and uh, and and the global initiatives, his fingerprints are still on that. Even mm. though this couple is is uh, is is leading in ministry in a new place, um, all of those pieces are still happening uh, at this church. Uh, and so uh, the the congregation was absolutely blessed from the the leadership that this that this couple was was giving. Hmm. So it sounds as though you'd say that this process was a success for this couple. I I, I believe so. It's it uh, it definitely seems that way. How how do you define success for something like this? Well, yeah. Um. So uh, and that's a great question. How do you define success in this? Right. So, um, I would say success success does not necessarily mean that someone steps back into vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Um. I would say it's that they step with confidence into whatever they feel like God is really moving in their lives at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of this comes out of, uh, out of, out of, uh, out of, out of my own beliefs about what is it to be a believer in Jesus and, and who is a missionary? Well, a missionary is anyone who says yes to Jesus. We are immediately uh, missionaries, no mm-hmm. matter what, on the word go. And so, uh, uh, again, regardless of whether it's back into vocational ministry or not, that is not the success moment. The success moment is, is the, the PIR couple being able to say, we believe that we are, are through a process of healing that God is, is working in us in, in strong ways and in amazing ways. And we're ready to step out and, and even to the point of kind of having a relational disconnect from the support team, being able to step out and say, we feel ready to go. We feel like mm. we are, we are primed and ready to, to, to enter back into uh, a, a new season of life, but also with kind of the, kind of the old rhythms of we want to be able to help other people process through this thing. We don't feel mm-hmm. like we need all of the support anymore. Um, and, and I think, I, I really think that's the, the, the success moment that, that, that is to be, uh, that is to be sought after. Yeah. Not a, not a list of, Oh, we answered all these questions or we got all this clarity, but uh, really that, that restoration to yes. that sense of call that, that God has, and it, it yep. may take a new shape uh, a new direction, but uh, still has the integrity of, of what he's been doing. That's so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, powerful. so what are some of the challenges or what were some of the challenges that you faced? We don't want to paint the picture that this was all a rosy, beautiful, <laughs> healthy, fun process. I'm sure there had to be some things that were hard. Yeah. What were some of the challenges you faced? Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Um, some of the challenges, I, I would say, even initially, before we officially agreed to be a refuge church, um, uh, it was it was honestly the challenge of 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 getting um, getting enough people enough people in the church to see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. it would be it would also be unhealthy to a PIR couple to bring them into a church that actually is not that, that wouldn't have enough yeah. support. Uh, just from the congregation, you know, if they're brought in and it's just this one person who's like, well, we want to be a refuge church. So then they're just trying to give this couple support, but the rest of the church doesn't see the value in it. It's only going to, they're only going to feel that emotional distance. Um, and, and it's only going to be exacerbated by the hurt they're coming out of. Right. So, um, uh, there absolutely was a challenge of, 
of, of bringing other people in the church along. They may not have been directly involved in the process, but they're going to be in relationship with this couple on a weekly basis as they, as they interact with them uh, just on a Sunday morning. So, uh, so to, 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 to work on that and to be in those conversations, that took some time. And, and for some folks, it took some convincing. Um, it, it, it takes folks to, again, to lean into their own fears of, of well, if we're going to be a refuge church, what if we get someone who who it's it's their own fault that they're not at their church? What if they have this sin or this sin or this sin, you know, and they kind of run down the list? And um, and though those those feelings are legitimate of, well, what if we what do we do if those happen? Um, it it took a lot of a lot of faith on those folks side to say, you know what? this is about restoration. Um, and so we want to, we want to step into what God might do through this, but, but that takes, that takes hard conversations, uh, for sure. Uh, I, I would say I, I've alluded to this before, but it, it does take, it takes immense intentionality and energy in the first two to three months with a PIR couple. Um, especially if you have no, no relational connection with them prior to the process, um, process starting, it takes a lot of energy and time to build that just foundational trust where they feel like now they can, now they can honestly and transparently share about what, what happened to them, um, or about all of the things that may have been present that caused the problem. And they just had never acknowledged it publicly before. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, it, that just takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of patience. I, I am not one who who operates slowly very well, <laughs> uh, and um, and I got I personally got frustrated a number of times in those first couple of months because I was like, I would we'd be driving home, driving back from 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 this couple's house back to our own house, and 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 Tish and I'd be in the car, and I'd be like. I'm just frustrated. I, like, I don't know what else to do to get them to open up. Like, I, boy, I feel like I'm asking the right questions. I feel like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I just don't feel like they're being honest with us. And I just had, I had to take, you know, it was nice to be able to have my own cathartic moment of just venting <laughs> uh, in a safe space mm -hmm. to my wife in the car. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, but I had to take my own kind of chill pill and just be patient in the process and know that the process will work itself out. It will get there. Um, but it's, it's the, it's the personal discipleship challenge of just allow, you know, I, I try to remind myself every time I get impatient, I try to remind myself that, that the only reason Jesus has not returned is because God is this patient with us for as many people as possible to get to know him. Yeah. Man, I better tone down my own patience if uh, if I want to lean into being Christ-like in that way. So <laughs> that's my own that's my own issue. Uh, but uh, um, those were those were kind of the two biggest challenges. And and I would say if there was a a third big challenge on that list, it really is just um, uh, it's it, it's probably the challenge of knowing how to end the PIR process uh, in a. Not in, it's not a matter of whether it's healthy or unhealthy, but in a way that that also doesn't make the couple feel like, OK, it's done. And now they're just kind of and, and now they're kicked out to the curb to the next thing. It's like yeah. you also yeah. have to be really intentional in that. And it took it, it took some it took some hard conversations at, at moments of of, you know, so what do you all feel like? Where do you feel like you're at in this? What what do you feel like your timeline is? What do you feel like is healthiest for you in this? What's healthiest for the church? What's healthiest for the thing that you feel like God may be calling you to next? And just being able to get all of those time pieces down into a good space. Cause this is now, this is now their next time of kind of stepping out 
from whatever they left that was bad the previous time. So for them, they're like, they're leaning into a ton of trust that you're not going to cause more church hurt in how you end this. And so sometimes those conversations just took, just took uh, us leaning into honesty in that. And it, it may not have been easy, but, but at the end of the day, if we have each of our best interests in, in mind and the Lord's best interest in mind, then uh, uh, you'll, you'll get there, but, but they're, they can be hard conversations. It's kind of like the parents who have to have the conversation with their 35-year-old uh, adult child living in the basement. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe probably. It might be time to, yeah, to very similar. <laughs> well, and to you know, and we try to encourage uh, support teams to to also integrate celebration as a part of that. Um, did yes. Did you have something like that at the end of the process to kind of celebrate what God had done and the new new space in their lives? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, it is it is encouraged uh, for for uh, for there to be a, a public celebration of that and kind of a public commissioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, though though for our church and and because of the context, we we did not do that. We still mm-hmm. held like an in celebration where uh, uh, all of our our staff and families uh, came together. The support team came together. Uh, they uh, the the PIR couple invited the 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 other family that they felt like they had really uh, connected with uh, during their time with us as a refuge church, those other families. And we just had a big cookout and barbecue together. Um, mm-hmm. And that for them was super life-giving. They, they, they were like, this, this, this does feel like e- even, even though it is, you know, kind of a, an ending of sorts, uh, it felt like a, an empowering, equipping, encouraging ending, um, yeah. and and I do think I do think that is so important. It, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just a, a staff meeting where we were like, well, this is this is their last time with us, so let's pray for <laughs> them and give them a gift card, and now they're on their way. You no, know, it was mm-hmm. no. We're, let's spend. We spent. Gosh, we spent like four hours together one evening, mm-hmm. uh, even at their house and all of our kids were running around. I mean, it was just, it was a really, really fun time together. Um, yeah. but, but one, one that celebrated them well. That's cool. So I, I've got a question. Um, maybe it's uh, two questions. Having been through this process, what would you say to the, the pastor or church leader who is saying, Hey, I think our church could do this. Uh, and what would you say to the pastor who's been forced out of ministry? What would you offer in the, this process to them? Yeah, first to churches that that are that are thinking about this or or might think about this now, uh, um, uh, lean, lean, lean into it, lean into the fear, lean into to the what ifs. There's a uh, 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 C.S. Lewis uh, in in uh, in the Prince uh, his Prince Caspian uh, book in the Narnia series. Um, Lucy asks Aslan a question of, well, what if? And Aslan says, you, you, "We're not meant to know the what ifs." Uh, and I, I, I literally have to repeat that to myself because, again, I go down all the what if trails. Um, mm-hmm. Don't worry about the what ifs. Just lean into it um, and and lean into the conversations with your with kind of your key people in your local church about what it might look like to do this. Um, get get the packet of information from PIR. Really, really dive into what is required. What does it look like? Again, like like I, I mentioned earlier, what you what you don't want to do for sure is to just step into it when you're not when you're not really prepared and ready for it, because then that's even more damage. That could be more damage to the PIR couple. You want to make sure that that, that you know what you're stepping into uh, so that you can do it in a healthy way. Um, but if it's only fear that's keeping you from doing it, 
just lean into the fear, lean into the discomfort, um, and, and trust, trust how God's going to use it for the process of understanding deep healing in your own church. Cause mm. It's not just about this couple and providing something for them. This could be about your community and about your body of believers that you have uh, and about 20 years down the road of how maybe your church is meant to just be known as, man, that that church around the corner, they're a place where you can go for healing. Um, and, and maybe maybe that's what God's putting putting your church on the pathway for. So lean into that for sure. Um, and to any pastor who's been forced out for any reason whatsoever, don't sit in it alone. Find mm-hmm. some people to come around you. And especially if you're in the space of being like, well, now I'm just questioning everything there is about God because I have been treated in a certain way mm-hmm. or because of, of my own issues. It may be your own issues and your own choices that you made, but now you're questioning God just because of why he would allow you to, to engage in these ways. Don't immediately step away reach out to PIR, (laughs) reach out to a counselor, get connected with somebody that you can be processing things through um, and and stay connected in community. The absolute worst thing is to just do it on your own and to try to process things by yourself. Um, uh, Very rarely does that ever work out in an absolutely uh, in the healthiest way possible. It is so much better when it's done in community. And that's what I love about PIR and the PIR processes. It is intentionally about community and being connected with others. Mm. And that word intentionality, again, you know, it's it's not just in how we approach the process. It's that willingness to uh, well, get up out of the pigsty, right? And that's right. <laughs> set, set, yep. set your, your face toward uh, the next thing. So that's right. Would you do it again? 100%. No doubt about it. Uh, would, would, would do it again. And again, now I've been, uh, been here at, at this church in, in Rochester, Minnesota for, uh, for just over one year, uh, is, uh, has uh, been my time here. Um, but I am, I am, uh, uh, seriously, uh, hoping and intentionally working to, uh, to get us to be a refuge church. Mm. Um, this is, this is something that's 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 too good and and so so drastically needed for mm-hmm. for for church workers for pastors to to have a place where they can just excuse me where they can just heal and 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 uh, and and receive uh, encouragement and and love um, and and the support from 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 strangers but from other brothers and sisters in Christ who want to give them everything that they've got. Um, abs- I, there's no question. I would do it again. Uh, that's great. Well, you, you have said so much that is so very encouraging. Uh, but one of, one of our practices is we'd love to give our guests the opportunity at the end of the podcast to just take a moment, kind of catch your breath. Uh, and what, what words of hope would you like to offer to our listeners today? Oh yeah, what words of hope? Um, uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the biggest things, and this came, this has come through again over twenty years of um, having having some having some of my own church hurt. Um, uh, uh, Tisha and I have uh, we we kind of joke that that we have been uniquely positioned in ministry because we have exited all of our churches. We, we basically have run the gamut of ways in which you can leave a church mm-hmm. <laughs> from, from 
it's your own fault and the church was justified to what the heck just happened mm. and everything in between of super healthy and encouraging. So in the space of all of that, we've engaged in a number of moments where we're like, you know what, we need to do some counseling and we need to make sure that we are still in a healthy space and processing things correctly. One of the biggest pieces of advice that we got was a spiritual challenge of uh, uh, in one of the gospels and one of the accounts of Jesus in the garden. Um, it says that, that he went out to meet them um, as, as his accusers and, and the, the, uh, the uh, 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 Pharisees and the Roman guards were coming to arrest him, um, that he went out to meet them. And the challenge was given to us of don't step backwards and don't just sit around and wait. Jesus knew everything that was ahead of him. He knew all of the emotional and spiritual and probably had an idea of the physical pain that was about to come. And yet he leaned into the moment and stepped forward and went out to meet them as they walked up the hill into the garden of Gethsemane. Lean into all of those moments. Let's not be a people who step backwards in fear or who are like, I'm just going to sit around and wait for somebody to notice me or for somebody to come to me. Let's lean into all of the things that God may have in front of us, even the things that would be immensely painful for us to engage in. Lean into those in a spirit of healing and restoration, because the other side of that is a glory that we cannot even imagine and as a life with Jesus that will take us even deeper into what it means to be a disciple. And thank you. Caleb, thank you so much for your time and for just sharing this, this wonderful story of this restoration process through PIR. Thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Caleb, we're so grateful for your willingness to serve and, and uh, Tisha as well. Uh, you did this as a couple uh, and the, with the other couples. And uh, just a reminder, in our next episode, we're going to be talking with Seth McCumber, who served as a PIR and get his perspective, uh, different program than the one uh, that uh, Caleb led. But we're grateful that you could join us today. We invite you, as always, to rate and review Hope Renewed in iTunes or your favorite podcast app and to share this podcast with your friends on social media. It's a great way to help us continue to bring hope to others. Thanks for joining us today. It is our prayer that your hope is continually renewed as you look to Christ. PIR Ministries partners with God and the church in the work of pastoral renewal and restoration to cultivate new hope for healthy ministry lives. You can learn more about us at our webpage, pirministries.org, or email us at info at pirministries.org. Thanks for joining us for Hope Renewed, and remember, the hope Christ offers will never put us to shame. Mm -hmm.